Welcome to the Revival Center Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Revival Center Podcast. We are so glad that you are here joining us again today. Um, If this is your first time, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. Make sure that you uh, click the like button if you're you're coming from uh, Facebook or if you are here on our podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button. It's the best way that you can be up to date with when we come out with new um, episodes here on our Revival Talk series where we sit down and have different conversations, or of course when any of our sermons come out from our church. So make sure that you do that so you can keep up to date with everything. And uh, we still on our on our little, uh, I guess you could say, hiatus from our addiction series for a couple of Meet the Staff episodes, which is what we're having today. I am joined today by our brand new facilities director, Miss Angie Drummond. So Angie, welcome to the podcast. We're so hey, glad to have thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. And, uh, and so we're just so glad that you're here on staff. It's, yes. it's so great. And so um, you're not from Alabama. No. Let's just, let's just get, that, <laughs> get that out of the way. <laughs> Trust me, we, we hire people. Not from Alabama. You, it's not a qualification. Obviously, <laughs> Rachel. Last time, she's from you know from Illinois. So, um, so where where are you from? Where are you? I'm from? from Kentucky. Okay, what what part of Kentucky? Um, a little town called Corbin. So it's the home of the original KFC. Wow. Kyle Sanders lived in Kentucky in Corbin. <laughs> See, my my hometown's claim to fame is that we have the only statue dedicated to a bug. So I think <laughs> that. Uh, it's the bow evil in Enterprise. So I think having the original KFC is a lot yes. cooler than <laughs> my hometown's claim to fame. That so, is hilarious. So, you know, yeah. we all have our... You have our, a statue of a bug. We have the statue of Colonel yeah. Sanders. Which yeah, technically so. is a lady holding a bug. So it's slightly yeah. better, but not really. <laughs> not really. So so what, what brought you guys down here from Kentucky to Alabama? Yeah, so my husband, Ed, was offered a job actually here. So... He came down and interviewed, and we visited the town, and we originally moved to Sylacauga, which we couldn't even pronounce when yes. we first moved here. I, so I, I think I think some people from a lot of people from Alabama can't pronounce Sylacauga, <laughs> yeah. so that's okay. so we were calling it something totally different when we were visiting. So we came down, he interviewed, accepted the job, and then we moved here in 2011. Okay, so. and of course you do have three kids. We do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Trevor, Braxton, and Caitlin. Yes, and and so. Um, they're, they're pretty good kids, I gotta they're say. Pretty good, uh, friends, yes. friends with them. So, so that's <laughs> they're good. pretty awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, tell me a little bit about the, how was that transition? Obviously, Kentucky and Alabama—they're in the South, but they're very different. And yes, so, you they know, are actually very different. It was surprising. I didn't think like moving six hours from Kentucky would be that big of a change, but there's a lot of different things and words that people say in Alabama that are different from what we say in Kentucky. Yeah. So. <laughs> there, there are different parts of Alabama that say words that are different from everywhere else, too. So. Yes, yes. We we learned a lot. Like, we learned about a hose pipe. We had no idea what a hose pipe was, but that's a water hose, apparently. Mm. That's what we say in Kentucky. <laughs> so See, I say water hose as well. So yeah. see, even then, like I said. 
Yeah, yeah. It was a whole almost like learning a new language when we moved down here. <laughs> yeah. But do you, do you guys enjoy living? living we do. Alabama? We really love it here. Like we couldn't imagine living anywhere else now. Like it feels like home. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's go back to you know talking about time in Kentucky and were you were you born and raised there is that where you spent all your childhood I was born and raised in Kentucky Mm -hmm. okay so tell us a little bit about you know how your childhood was of growing up and 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 all yeah so um I grew up super poor I grew up in the Appalachian Mountains um and I had a wonderful mother my mom taught me at a very young age about the Lord and took us to church and so I've I've been in church my whole life, um, thanks to her, but we grew up in a, in a very abusive type home. Um, my dad was just a very abusive person. And so we went through a lot, you know, growing up and stuff that, um, saw a lot of things that, you know, aren't good things, but through that, you know, all the things that we kind of went through, my mom taught us how to pray for, you know, through bad situations and, and praying for people that, you know, hurt us so we prayed a lot for my dad hmm. um but yeah we we went through a lot as a as kids and watched her go through a lot hmm. um and then when we got older you know unfortunately the abuse didn't stop and so um I eventually lost my mom my dad did take my mom away hmm. from us and so yeah it was it was pretty rough yeah it's such a difficult situation and and how how old were you I was 17, 17. when I lost my mom yeah hmm. And, you know, like you said, the, the legacy, you know, one of the biggest legacies that your mom left was that she took you to church and was, you know, the one who taught you the importance of yeah. your relationship with God. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I think that's an amazing legacy to leave <laughs> to your child. Definitely, yeah. And um, so you, when you were, you know, growing up in church, um, did, did you kind of... Were you involved in church when you were growing up? Or, you know, is it kind of one of those, like, <laughs> like when the doors were open, we were there? Is, is that kind of kind of definitely? How it was? Yeah, church was you know my place where I found safety and just you know the Lord. I remember finding the Lord at a very young age. You know, um, so I was super involved in church. Loved the youth group. I was always heavily involved in my youth group. Couldn't wait to get into the youth group. You know, I was one of those that was 12 and couldn't wait till I was 13. I was like, can I join early? You know, yeah, you're like, like begging the youth pastor, <laughs> yeah. make an exception Please, for me. You, know. you won't regret it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Definitely. But church was definitely a, um, a place that just was my safe place. So I, I think for many people when with the church, it, it's amazing how, when you are going through difficult situations, how much of a refuge the body of Christ can be, especially for, for young people. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, to have a place where they can come and be encouraged and, you know, lifted up, even though people don't necessarily know what you're going through, but just to have that place where you feel encouraged by the Lord and by people around you that, you know, are praying for you, even though they don't really quite understand what you're going through. Yeah. And do you think that that's one thing that really started to open up your heart for ministry was of what that meant to you in those difficult times? Definitely. Yeah. My heart has always been for youth ministry. One of the reasons was because the things I went through as a youth. And then I remember the mentors I had 
who poured into me and helped me, you know, through the difficult times that I faced in life and that were there for me when I lost my mom, you know, at 17. And, mm-hmm. and so it just made my heart for youth so much stronger. Like I knew that that was the type of ministry I wanted to do. I knew that, that being a part of helping someone else and encouraging kids to find out who they were in Christ was so important because that was so important to me. Yeah, and and you started with youth ministry pretty young, right? I did, actually, yeah. I was still in the youth, and I was teaching, like, we called them the bluebells when we (laughs) we were Church of God. And so we taught, um, you know, like fourth, fifth, and sixth graders um, Sunday school, done a little girls' class with them. So I started there, and it just gradually... Growed. I always make the joke that I never left the youth ministry. Like I never grew up. I just stayed in the youth. Yeah, you're like I was. I was in youth ministry, and so I helped younger ones. And then once I graduated from that, then I just they they were the younger ones. Then so I just stayed in the youth ministry. Yeah, it's like it's like you had your uh, you were the Peter Pan of ministry. You just had to stay stay forever young in the with the with the youth, right? Definitely. So and which I don't I don't know if working with youth keeps you young or not. Maybe a little bit of both. Sometimes, yeah, a little bit of both. <laughs> Keeps you young and ages, ages you all you at the same time. Yeah. That's <laughs> Definitely. But, you know, when you when you did start uh, getting involved with that, was it at your home church that it, it just was. kind of naturally progressed of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm here, I want to do ministry, and, you know, I'm just helping serve. Is that, is that kind of how it happened? It is, yeah. I grew up in the same church. So since I was three years old, we vi- we went to this same church until we moved here to Alabama. Wow. So, yeah. Wow, that, that is a church. that's a huge <laughs> difference uh, of of that. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about that briefly cuz I know there are a lot of people who they've gone to a church for a very long time and they have a transition phase. And sometimes it it might be that you move away and that maybe makes it I don't know if that maybe makes it a little easier because everything is different. So Mm -hmm. the difference in the church, you know, it's like, well, everything else is different too. My house is different, everything. (laughs) Um, But I do know of a lot of people as well who they even are still living in the same house, but the Lord has transitioned them from their church that they've gone to for 20, 30 years, you know, or or however, however long. Talk about maybe how that was of, transitioning churches and and you know the, just kind of navigating the I'm used to church being one way and then I'm going to a different one maybe mm-hmm. talk about that just a little so it was very difficult because you know this had been my church that had been there through every milestone of my life mm-hmm. and I remember when we met with our pastor and was telling him that we were leaving you know and we were moving away and stuff and so it was just like flashbacks of like I was saved in those altars mm-hmm. I was baptized by the same pastor pastored the whole time that wow. I was there. Wow. And so, yeah, he's a, a huge part of our heart. And so he baptized me. He married me and Ed. He dedicated our children to the Lord. He baptized them. Like, you know, so this was a place where, like, you know, our heritage was. This is where our roots were. So it was super hard to move away. And so he actually helped us connect us with local pastors um, in the Church of God so that we could find a good solid place to go visit because I'd never done that before. Like I've I've never visited other churches, you know, I'd never went to a different church. So this was all super new to me. So, um, he, he helped with that process a lot. So, yeah. And, and did that, did that make moving because 
you know, you had that church family that had been <laughs> such a big part of your life. Um, what was that? Did that make it a little more difficult to, to leave because of that, like tie, like tie with all that? I mean, it's basically like your life had happened around that church, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, yeah, it was very difficult. Like, um, when we decided that we were going to move, we knew because church was so important to us, you know, that we had to find a good church to get involved in because, you know, we knew life wouldn't, wouldn't ever be right. We wouldn't be happy here if we didn't find us a good church to be, you know, to dig our, our roots down into. And so it was very important to us that we found, and it did make it super hard. So through the process, we, we left all of our family. We knew nobody in Alabama. <laughs> we moved here not knowing a soul. And so to make that transition and then leave all of our family plus our church family was super hard. So we were very thankful that the Lord led us to, you know, a good church that we were able to to serve there. And yeah. we actually were youth pastors there at that church for, okay. for eight years. Yeah, so, so, so you know, just because you moved churches, <laughs> the ministry didn't stop, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I thought that it would. I thought, well, I'm just going to take a little break, you know, and just see. But that quickly... Yeah, that didn't last long. <laughs> yeah, usually, you know, I've I've had times where that was the case, and um, you know, it's I was like, okay, I'm just gonna sit back, I'm not gonna do anything. <laughs> that happens for maybe like a couple of months, and then all of a sudden you're back, you know, you're you're back in the in in the uh, in the thick of it, and and that's really where you know us who have a heart for ministry, like I know you have a heart for ministry, that's where we love to be is yes. serving mm-hmm. um, in, in whatever capacity. And so talk a little bit about, you know, those those eight years, like you said, eight years in youth ministry. It's amazing you still look so young after, <laughs> after eight you. years of youth ministry. I don't feel so young after <laughs> eight years, of, well, eight years here, and then we were in yes, youth of ministry course, in Kentucky. Before, so. yeah. yeah so. Those Alabama kids, they're a little tougher. Yeah. <laughs> Can't verify, you know, I'm one of those. So. Those Alabama kids. Yeah. yeah, so when I came, you know, I'm a huge Kentucky Wildcats fan. Yes. So basketball is my thing. Yes, yeah, so you, you, you can't be as much of a football fan just because just of... <laughs> well, you know, what can I say? Kentucky is... <laughs> that is not where we hang our hat in our like, football program. Well, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but when we came, much like Rachel said yesterday, it was like, so who are you for? I'm like, Kentucky, you know. <laughs> so the kids gave me a hard time over that. And they, mm-hmm. they mentioned the school that you don't mention in basketball. And that's, you know, Duke. Yeah. yeah we do, we to, don't like Duke. They had to rub it in. <laughs> so, you know, the kids love to, to rub Tease, that in yeah. about, you know, being from Kentucky. And, and so several of them I converted because basketball is not a – big thing here it, it's getting actually, bigger it is they done good this year yeah, sir. we won't talk about our season this year because yeah. it was horrible it flipped the flip flop right <laughs> it, yeah it was a bad year yeah. so but yeah there was a huge you know thing of kentucky basketball alabama football you know mm. totally different so yeah see and i don't root for either in either sport so <laughs> i'm just a, I guess a black sheep or something <laughs> like that but but you know you know what were I guess you could say the high points what did you enjoy the most from being in youth ministry I mean you were you're in youth ministry for a very long time um I mean in eight years at one you know one place obviously you had longer at your home church naturally but you know eight years I mean that's your youngest in your youth ministry at 12 or 13 by the time those eight years are up there 
20, 21 years old, I mean, you, you're, you're seeing, you know, literally, you know, them grow up before your eyes. Um, what was that like? You know, what, what, what was the most rewarding part of youth ministry and, you know, investing in, you know, the lives of adolescents? Yeah. So just seeing them grow, you know, seeing them come in fresh teenagers, you know, hyper, you know, um, so excited just to be a part of the youth and then just watching their relationship with the Lord grow. And then, you know, knowing that, that you're pouring into them, that you're giving them the foundation of what's going to continue to carry them and get them through whatever they face, because we all know, you know, life is difficult for everyone, no matter what, but I couldn't imagine being a teen in the age that we are, you know, today and stuff. So they face so many things that we didn't even face when we were young and we're still young. Right. So, um, but yeah, for me, the most rewarding part was just seeing them grow and seeing them have such a hunger for the Lord, seeing them, you know, come and ask me questions or sending me texts and saying, you know, where do I find this in the Bible? You know, seeing their hunger for more of God and just knowing that, you know, I was playing a small part and just, helping them to find out who they were in the Lord and to be secure in that and to know that no matter what the world threw at them, you know, they belong to the Lord and and they could overcome whatever. So that was huge to me. I I love just, and then there were some that went through some things that were similar to the things that I went through. So, you know, no matter what the Lord uses, you Mm -hmm. know, our circumstance and the verse where Joseph, that's one of my favorite stories in the Bible is where Joseph had the opportunity, you know, from his brothers who <laughs> almost killed him, you know, yeah. went through all this. Yeah. And then, you know, the verse in Genesis where he says, you know, you meant evil for me, but God used it for good for mm-hmm. the saving of many. And so I look back at the things that I went through and yeah, they were horrible things, but at the same time, God used that bad mm-hmm. and he used it for good. And so I always think of that anytime I encountered a kid who was going through some really bad things, it came back to me like, yeah, I went through some bad stuff, but like, this is why, you know, I'm, I'm able to help someone else to realize they're not alone. Yeah. Cause I know I felt like I was going through it alone, you know? So helping to see that, that you're not alone through those things is so important. Yeah. And, and because I think, I think one of the biggest lies that the enemy tells anyone, whatever they're going through, is that they're the only person mm-hmm. who's going through it now, or they're the only person who's ever gone through mm-hmm. it. Um, that there's no one, you know, to to understand them or identify with what's going on. And you know, of course, when we go through awful things we wish we were kind of the only person because like we wouldn't wish anybody to have to go through that. But Mm -hmm. that's not the reality of the fallen world that we live in. You know, it's, it's, there are so many people who go through difficult, you know, seasons, difficult times. They come from, you know, difficult family situations or they have things going on. And, you know, as, as teenagers and especially, they don't necessarily have the, always have the framework to look at it as like an adult would, you know, they're still learning. They're still growing. They, they don't may not have the, the words to describe it, yeah. you know? And, and so to have the ability to minister, you know, even through, you know, the difficulty that you went through, you know, the Lord used that. And I, and I think in so many times in our lives, we see that God, 
you know, takes terrible situations and redeems them in a way mm-hmm. of he uses it, you know, for his glory and for the good and well-being of others and to, to help them. And I think that's that that perspective like that you're sharing is so important for a lot of us, oh, you yeah. know, is, is that, you know, we don't have to, you know, take our past and kind of compress it, push it down and never, you know, never look at it again. It's that, you know, God can use that. And if we're like, you know, have a, there's a child or a youth or even an adult who's going through something and you can say, you know, we don't have to push down our our past and say, well, I'm never going to talk about that. Instead, when we see someone hurting or going through something that's similar, then we can say, hey, this is, you know, mm-hmm. this is what went on with me, but the Lord was faithful. Oh, and yeah. I think that, that makes all the difference in the world. It is definitely so important because we all face things. You know, Pastor Jason was preaching about being an overcomer a couple weeks ago. And one of the things he said is you can't be an overcomer if you've not overcome something, you know. Yeah. And so I know for me, I didn't want to talk about the things because you feel ashamed or you feel, you know, like, People would look at you different. And so just realizing that anything that we face, that God, if we give it into God's hands, he, he gives us beauty for the ashes. Like he, he makes all things well, mm-hmm. you know. And so we just have to, to realize we have that hope in him. We don't have to carry our things or be burdened down with shame for things that happen to us. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can use that as part of our testimony. You know, yeah. you can't have a testimony without going through some tests and trials and, yeah. you know, and suffering and stuff. And there's so much to growth that can happen in our suffering. That's where we grow the most. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I you know, I, I love what it says is the Spirit testifies our spirit that we're children of God. And if children, then heirs, mm-hmm. heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, we're like, Amen. yes, yeah. <laughs> provided we suffer with him. And I'm like, whoa, 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 Paul, Paul, <laughs> what? Provided we suffer him, that we will also be glorified with him. And so, you know, suffering in this life is it's just going to happen. Yeah. But it's amazing how even in that suffering, we can identify, like Paul says, that we are children of God. That, that we are heirs of God, that even when we suffer, you know, like Christ suffered, Christ yeah. <laughs> went through suffering, you know, and that we know that in our suffering and in our difficulty, the Lord is with us. And, and that, that makes all the difference in the I world. Know. And being that person that can tell someone, hey, God sees you. Yes. You know, I, I'm sure that in that difficulty that you went through, that having people at your church that were there for you, said I'm here for you whatever you need made made a lot of difference yeah and you don't realize that the things you go through will help someone else so you know God's going to use it for his glory so and having people that's why the church is so important to Mm -hmm. me I love the church I love the community of the church and I just love that you know we can join together and pray for one another and encourage and lift up one another you know it just it's it's so special to me. Yes, <laughs> so important. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you know you got to the end of that that time in youth ministry there at the church, and 
You, was that the time that you guys ended up transitioning here to the Revival Center? It was, yeah. So that was probably the most difficult transition mm. because, like I said, I grew up in a church, you know, my whole life until we moved. And so transitioning, like when the Lord told us that that season was ending and it was time to move, it was hard to move. <laughs> I was like, but are you sure, Lord? Like, this is all I've ever known. So... That was very difficult for us, just as a family, just, you know, being in ministry. I love those kids. Those kids are my heart still to this day. They're my youth kids, you know, mm-hmm. I always call them that. And, um, but yeah, that was a, a difficult transition just because, you know, it was new to us. We'd never had to, you know, transition out of a church before. So it's like, what does this look like? Why are you doing this, Lord? You know, what mm-hmm. is your plans? And so walking through that was we spent a lot of time in prayer. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it it was, it was a hard thing to do, but we knew that we had to obey the Lord. Yeah. And so when, when you knew that that transition time was coming, did the Lord just kind of, was kind of, Hey, your time is ending here. Was it a little open-ended? Like, did you know where you guys were going to go to church or, (laughs) you know, kind of, can I tell about that process? Basically kind of how you guys ended up here. Yeah. So, um, that transition was taking place for about two years. The Lord was really dealing with us, I guess, preparing us mm-hmm. for for the end of that season. And so um, about a year into that, Trevor, my son Trevor, actually started coming to the Revival Center. Okay. He was invited through the 20-somethings group, and so that got him connected, just fell in love with the church. And he had been like, Mom, Dad, you all got to come visit. We're like, no. <laughs> and the youth pastor like, I'm not doing that. And so... He just stayed on us, you know, to come visit. My husband, Ed, actually came. He was running late for service one morning, and our service started at 10, and you all started here, started at 11. So he came with Trevor and visited, and just, he was like, I know this is where, this is where God's bringing us. I was a little harder to convince. <laughs> I'm talking to the most skeptical one here. It's a tell-all. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I don't. Because I was still holding on. I knew that the Lord was trying to (laughs) gently (laughs) tell me that it was time to go, but it was so hard for me to make that transition. So I took a little bit more time to pray through it, but, you know, I I came and visited. And what's so crazy is my very first service here, um, I ended up coming and visiting. And the same things that I had been praying and saying, okay, God, like, if you're telling me to make this move, like where, you know, because you think when you're in ministry like that, that you're going to move and just move right into another ministry. Like, okay, if you're opening another door, fine, you know, it's going to look like the same door yeah, I walked out of. Exactly. Yeah. So that would be easy. Right. But God was saying, I just want you to move like having blind faith to take a step, not knowing where you're stepping. And pastor Jason was preaching a message and he said those exact words. He's like, there's someone here, God's telling you to move. And you're afraid if you take that step, you're going to fall flat on your face because you don't know where you're supposed to step. You don't know what it looks like. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) And that was the moment that God Mm. just spoke and was like confirming it. What he'd been saying to me, you know, sometimes (laughs) I need that extra confirmation. Sometimes we're we're stubborn. Yeah. (laughs) We try to like, like I've had, I had a moment where I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. And I tried every way of rationalizing how it was. I'm like, no, nah, that's not the Lord. And then I think back on it, I'm like, well, I would have never said that to me. So I don't know who in the world I thought was speaking because that was, 
that was not what naturally came out of me. And so it's it's kind of funny when we do have those moments Mm -hmm. where where it's like that that's the Lord, but eh, Lord, you're probably you know it's it's amazing how we'll we'll do that and try to like. Yeah. Are you sure, Lord? <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we, we need some confirmation. Sometimes we do. And the Lord knows that I need that. You know, that's especially on things like that. It was just, he knew how much that meant to me and mm-hmm. how hard of a decision it was. And that's the thing I love about the Lord is what concerns me concerns him. Mm-hmm. You know, he cares for me. And so that day was the day that I I made the decision. I was like, yeah, you know, I know that it's time. And I was like waving the white flag before the Lord, like, <laughs> okay, God, like, I'm going to listen. I'm going to do what you're saying to do. So we started that process, and mm-hmm. and about four months later, we started coming here to the Revival Center full-time. Okay, and when, when was that that you guys, like, it was like your first, not your first Sunday here, but yeah. like your first, like, okay, we are we are here. We're here. It was in September. Okay, yeah. September, September of, of 19. 19? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So just a little bit before, before we came. Yeah, okay. right before y'all got here. <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah. And, and so... Um, and like you said, the, it, the door that you walked into, the room looked a little different <laughs> than the room you walked out of. Exactly. You know? So uh, kind of talk about, you know, the, the difference in you go from being in a church where you're, you know, always with the youth, you know, you're, you're in that, I guess you could say, titled, quote unquote, <laughs> titled role, titled ministry role. And kind of transitioning to a place where the Lord has you, you know you're where the Lord has you, you know you have a heart for ministry, but then it's like, okay, this looks a little different. Can yeah. I talk about that? Because I think a lot of times we, because I've been in that place yeah. where you know you have a heart for ministry, you know the Lord has said to do, to take this step, move here, and then you're like, but Lord, where, where <laughs> How, how am I supposed to be doing ministry? You know, talk about that because yeah. I know there's sometimes for many people, you know, not, not just me, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure you felt this way too, about navigating that tension of, okay, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? I know this is your step. What, what do I do? Yeah. So that was probably a hard process, you know, <laughs> probably yeah. one of the hardest processes, I guess. Um because my heart is for ministry. And so I'm like, I don't want to just sit idle. So, um, but I remember the first Wednesday night I came, I was sitting in the back and Pastor Jason had came by and talked to me. He's like, so what are you feeling like you want to do? You know, <laughs> right off the bat. And so I'm like, I really don't know. And he made a comment to me that helped me. And he was saying, you know, you've been fishing for a long time, you know, casting those nets, but this is just a season to mend those nets so that they're strong and ready to, you know. And so every time I was like, okay, God, what are you doing? It was just that reminder came back, like, just mend the nets. So it was just that season of rest and the season of just, you know, kind of realigning myself with this new season God had me in and and seeking Him and just kind of digging in a little bit deeper. Um, but it was hard to go from full-time ministry to feeling like I wasn't doing ministry at all. And so I had to kind of walk through that, you know, and it opened up opportunities for me to serve in like different ministries here just to kind of get an idea of what each thing did. So mm-hmm. served some in the youth and worked concession stands, you know, <laughs> uh, volunteered at the food bank. So it was just a lot of different things that it opened up so I could kind of serve in different yeah. areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that season was, you know, it was hard, but it was good. Like, 
now kind of looking back at that, I can see where God was just remolding me. It was mm-hmm. almost like getting put back on the potter's wheel and just kind of, okay, it's time to remold, you mm-hmm. know, reshape, get rid of some stuff, make you a little bit stronger, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, he was really serious about the rest part because he shut down the world like halfway through <laughs> exactly. that Exactly. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm serious. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I, think, I think sometimes we... And, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is for my personal feeling of what, what I've gone through in my life. Of Sometimes we get really comfortable in exactly what we do. We kind of find our, our niche in ministry, and we so identify that with serving God that then when that's taken away, I think sometimes we almost feel like, Lord, am I not serving you well? Mm-hmm. Like Lord, Lord, I don't, I don't want to not serve you well. And and God's like, like for me, He's like, stop, stop. Like I'm, you're serving me, or you're supposed to be. Just because it doesn't look the same doesn't mean you're not serving me. And I think, I think sometimes that's where a lot of the tension happens. It's like if it doesn't fit our idea of how we're serving and how we've always served, then somehow we feel like what we're doing is is lesser, or that we're not serving, or that we're not in this you know, same position that we were and not that we seek after titles, but that that was where our, this is how I serve God and I love it, you know, and I think sometimes (laughs) that when that's different, you're like, you're like, oh no, Lord, am I doing something wrong? Because we, our heart is, we want to serve the Lord and it looks different. Yeah, that is exactly like you described that to the T, like, because my identity had been youth ministry, like literally my whole entire ministry had been that. So that's what I identified as. That's where I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. That's where I knew and I was confident. You know, I knew this is my calling. I knew this is what I was supposed to do. So yeah, I was definitely very comfortable in that place. And so being kind of taken out of that, I went through those exact same things of like, okay, God, like, you know, am I serving you well? Like, I feel like I'm just sitting by doing nothing. And what's crazy is the beginning of 2019, I always pray for like a word just to kind of like be my thing for the year. And I felt like the Lord gave me the word new and was talking about doing a new thing, you know, but I thought new meant new and exciting and shiny and woohoo. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to give us a new youth facility. (laughs) Yes. You know, but new ended up meaning change, Mm -hmm. you know, and 2019 was a year of so many changes. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was, (laughs) that was a huge change for me is to go from what I knew my whole life to okay God yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do now yeah because I, I something that Rachel and I talked about last episode that I thought was was so great is that sometimes when the Lord says things like new gives you a word we we fit that into what we've already decided is our future <laughs> you, you know like yeah. like the Lord says hey I, I've, I'm, I'm calling you to to do this and so you take that and you put it in your already ready-made planning, like fitting in and maybe have to cut some edges off so it fits right. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, Lord, I see how that fits in my plan. When in reality, God's like, no, <laughs> I'm telling you this because this is the new plan. Like, yeah. And I think sometimes, sometimes it takes us a little bit to understand that. Oh, yeah. And so, um, and, I, and I think that that, and you know, do you feel that that changing that year of okay, Lord, 
my my identity of what I do in ministry has kind of changed a little bit, just shifted away from what I've always known, prepared you for now you're here in a new position that is not youth ministry. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I really do. I feel like that that season that I was in of change and just everything that that was prepared me to just be where I am now, to where I'm not attached to this is the only thing ministry looks like. But it's opened up my eyes to see ministry is so much more than what bucket we put it into. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the only way I can serve the Lord. Like, this is what I've always done. So, but it's helped me to see ministry is everywhere. Like, it's yes. all around us. It doesn't mean that just because we're not in this position or whatever anymore doesn't mean that we can't still minister. Yes. You know, God can still use us. So it doesn't end just because the way it looks ends or the scenery changes. Mm -hmm. It's still the same. That's still, that call is still there. Yes. It just may look a little different. So God helped me realize that. (laughs) Yes. And I think sometimes we, we fall into, I guess you could say the trap of, of seeing certain things as obvious ministry and other things as not so obvious ministry mm-hmm. of like, Oh, I can see what I'm doing here and I can't see what I'm doing here. Uh, you know, which is just a false, yeah, a false thing. You know, everything, you know, that's why in, in the Bible it says, you know, not everybody is supposed to be a hand, yeah. you know, not everybody's supposed to be the foot, you, you know, you know, and I think sometimes if we, when we've been so used to playing a certain role, like you said, I'm the hand, I'm the hand. Mm-hmm. The Lord's like, well, you're not a hand anymore. You're a leg. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but Lord, I like being a hand. <laughs> I know what a hand does. I don't know how to <laughs> I do know, it. I know. I don't know how to be a leg. <laughs> and, and the Lord reshapes that. And so um, let's talk about, you know, a little bit of what that, re, you know, that changed of, you know, kind of where you are now. You know, you're here, you're the facilities director um, you know, making sure all the facilities are taken care of, mm-hmm. the scheduling, making sure it's booked. <laughs> and I praise God <laughs> every day. My worship got even better when uh, when I heard you were being hired because I no longer have to make sure, uh, you know, because in the responsibilities of making sure that the facilities were, you know, booked because we have community connections, we have... Mm-hmm different things. I mean, we have, there's so many things that I think some people don't even know. Like we have AAU basketball practice yeah. that they use our gym. We have, I mean, a, a couple, like a couple of days ago, we had a local uh, private school that used it for an award ceremony. Mm-hmm. We have multiple parties sometimes going on at the same time for some of our church members. And this is a busy church. It's a busy church. <laughs> Very busy church. And you have to make sure that, okay, <laughs> This place is booked out here. These people know where to be here. There were, mm-hmm. and it's it's complicated. Yeah. It is crazy. <laughs> it, you know, and so um, God bless you. Yeah, I'm praying yeah, for Pastor you. Pastor Jason laid that calendar in front of me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's amazing. It's amazing when you you know you kind of know. Okay, yeah, we we have a lot going on, but then until you really sit down, look at the calendar. Mm-hmm. Then, like, look at the facilities, and you're like, all this happens in this. Wow, we, we got to be organized for this to yes. work. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and legitimately, ministry could not happen at this church without what you do. 
it couldn't <laughs> at all. Yeah. I mean, it would be chaos. Yes, it would be very chaotic. Yeah, it was not organized. So, so, <laughs> yeah. um, so what you do is vitally important, <laughs> vitally important, um, and I'm one hundred percent sure, even more than one hundred percent, if that were even possible, that you will do much better at knowing what's going on in the facilities than I did with with what else <laughs> I was going on with me. So, we're we're definitely glad you're doing that. So, talk a little bit about, um, you know. I know you've only, what, is this your second this week? This is my second week, yeah. yeah. so you're very fresh. Yes. You're, you're a, a rookie. <laughs> Just um, jump, getting my feet wet. Yeah, so. and, and you, I mean, this is really a, a new position here. Yeah. Um, it's one that uh, even since I came on staff, so I've been here, you know, a little over a year and a half, this has been a, something that Pastor Jason's been talking about for, and I'm sure he was talking about that before <laughs> I got here, of like that this at some point was going to be yeah. that position. It was just, you know, getting toward the timing of, you know, when our facilities, you know, were in need of it and everything. Um, so this is a, a key, a key position. So talk about, you know, kind of maybe a little bit of what you do um, for people who don't know, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, just kind of how the, I guess you could say the whirlwind has been of learning that in this <laughs> yeah. last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind because it's totally new. Yeah, It's, it's um, different from what you know. You it know? is very different it's from like what I know. I do history. accounting and bookkeeping normally. That's, mm-hmm. that's been my whole background since yeah. I, I feel like since I was born because I've done it for so long. But so, yeah, taking care of everything with the facilities, the maintenance, the upkeep making sure everything with the facility is good you know that's part of it um of course the bookings and making sure that the calendar is organized and meeting with people you know going over everything if you do decide to you know want to use the space just kind of walking through what that looks like and everything so yeah there's a lot of moving parts (laughs) and i'm still learning all those moving parts yeah Yeah, so but i'm super excited i'm super excited to see what god does you know through this new season and and everything that he's teaching me already Mm -hmm. through just jumping out into (laughs) a new place a new thing and yeah absolutely i think it's amazing how you know we, we we sometimes take for granted how important having that is and having you know opportunities to minister in whatever capacity mm-hmm. uh, i mean you know i know that even when you've you've been up here you've only been up here by yourself twice and you already <laughs> one of those maybe two of them you've already had people come up here and you were able to minister to them yeah. and so you know even in times you know when uh, I, I guess you could say you, you know sometimes people think that you know and i'm not saying you think this way yeah. but i think in, in general that sometimes people think, oh, well, my title doesn't specify this ministry, so I guess the Lord isn't going to use me right. to, to quote-unquote minister in, in the ways that a worship leader would or a lead pastor would or a youth pastor would. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the title just specifies the responsibility. Exactly. It, Titles are just that. Yeah, they just tell <laughs> just you, tells you what you do. What you have to do. <laughs> exactly. Not, not even what you should do what you have beyond. is mm-hmm. what... These are your descriptions, you know, if, if you are a worship leader, you have to sing or play an instrument or make yeah. sure worship happens. You, you know, that, that's a non-negotiable. <laughs> exactly. But that, in reality, the Lord can use a worship pastor or a youth pastor or a facilities director or an administrative assistant or yeah. whoever to minister 
in any way. Definitely. And so I think I think something that I've learned here, because I, I always joke that I'm a media pastor and associate pastor, you know, I have these responsibilities in especially in media. And there are some parts of media that I don't even like. <laughs> like just in general, like social media, Facebook and Instagram. Mm. I can't stand it. But it's my responsibility. Exactly. So I make sure we post. <laughs> You know what I mean, yes. and, and so and so the Lord and and, and I, you know the Lord. I'm like Lord, me, really, me. <laughs> you wanted me to be over the. You know, it's like this yeah. makes no sense, God. But He's taught me, and really still teaching me, because he, you know we're all works in progress. <laughs> the Lord right. has to teach us multiple things at the same time. You know that He uses every every little thing. Yeah, you know every little. And thing. it's true for anybody, exactly. no matter what you are. You may be you know, working a nine to five job at a bank or a school or wherever you are, it doesn't matter that you don't have to be in the church in a position for the Lord to use you to minister to people Mm -hmm. because you're the people that's there. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. the field around you is so full. So it's like God is needing us all Mm -hmm. to do our part of just sharing him with Mm -hmm. the world, you know? So ministry opportunity is there for everyone no matter where you're at and I think that's so important for us to remember is even those that may be in that same place where I was you know during this last year and a half is okay Lord what are you wanting me to do but realizing just keep doing what I've called you to do and that's Mm -hmm. to go make disciples (laughs) tell people about my goodness you know so we can't get wrapped up in in what we're doing or where Mm -hmm. you know like we fit into a bucket but realizing that our ministry is Every single day, our ministries in our homes, our ministries, you know, at our jobs, our ministries in the middle of Walmart Mm -hmm. when someone needs prayer or, you know, it just, we have to be in tune to the Holy Spirit and just say, okay, God, like use me. Yeah. And it doesn't fit into a bucket, like my bucket, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's so important for us to remember. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think, I think one thing is that God is never limited by titles. We end up limiting ourselves by how we view our title. I think is is more so that God never looks at a title and is like, well, <laughs> guess I can't use them there because yeah. they're this. <laughs> that is not the way God looks at it. But sometimes us as humans, that's the yeah. way that's we the do. way we look at it. We are all called. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, kind of as we as we wrap up here, um, you know, I, I think one one thing that really stuck out in, in your in your story was, and I think you kind of hit it just here a few seconds ago, um, it, you know. Of, People, when they have that transition time, when they have that time where there may be the Lord has changed where they're going to church or changed their what their ministry title is or changed the scenery, kind of what would you say is a word of encouragement of, you know, somebody who's maybe struggling with that right now? Yeah, so definitely realize that God is not finished <laughs> Your story hasn't ended because your scenery's changed or your position's changed or, you know, it's in those times and in those moments, I know for me that I just dug into God deeper and I spent that time allowing him to refill me, you know, because sometimes when we work in ministry and we're pouring out and pouring out and pouring out, it, you know, sometimes he takes us into those seasons to just refill us and replenish Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. and just allow us to refocus on him Mm -hmm. because sometimes we can get wrapped up in, you know, doing that we miss out on just that personal time with the Lord. So, 
You know, I think it's important for anybody that's in those seasons of transitions just to let the Lord do what he's wanting to do and realize that his plans for you are so much bigger than (laughs) anything that we could plan for ourselves. You know, like Mm -hmm. that was something that just encouraged me is knowing, you know, God, you're not done with whatever it is. And in this season, help me to be very aware of any opportunity that I can to just serve you well, you know, just allow God to to do what he's wanting to do in those places. Because he doesn't take us through anything just, you know, like, oh, I'm surprised you're here. I didn't realize, <laughs> you know, nothing takes God by <laughs> surprise. Like, yeah, yeah. Where did you come from? But, yeah, so just be encouraged that, you know, God will He'll open doors when they're meant to open. And in the meantime, it's like that saying, like, until the door opens, praise him in the hallway, you know. <laughs> just continue to do what you know to do, and that's just to be a servant of God, you know. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great way, a great way to end on. So thank you so much, Angie, for being yeah, on. And, thank you for having me. And uh, I think I really enjoyed it. I was uplifted, and I'm sure our, our listeners will as well. And so thank you guys. Thank you, the listeners, so much for listening and being a part. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this channel. And maybe you know somebody. Maybe you know someone who um, ha- has gone through a season of transition or you know, is at this point where they're like, Lord, I don't know what to do. Maybe share this podcast with them, you know, encourage them um, that, you know, just like, you know, Angie's story where, you know, like the scenery's changed, it's different, but what I'm doing is different, but the Lord uses everything and he has a plan in every situation. So thank you guys so very much for listening and we'll see you next time.